0: and welcome to a special one-off episode of Grind Forever. I am your one and only host for this episode, Dylan Tierney. And for this episode, I am going to delve a little deep, a little more personal about my history with the Pokemon series. See, I had tried to record one of these before, and when I talked about my history with RPGs, I realized something pretty quick. Uh, a lot of my early history, and I'd say a lot of my even my modern history, is colored by the Pokemon series. I've played every Pokemon game. Even the ones in between, not not really a lot of the spinoffs, but when it comes to core Pokemon games, I've played a lot of them, so I thought, you know, instead of struggling to grasp at other RPGs and, be- and talk about how great they are, let's talk about the franchise that's nearest and dearest to my heart by far, and that is Pokemon. Now I didn't play too much of Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, because when I was a kid, I mostly got hand-me-downs of my cousin's technology. So I didn't get a Game Boy until, you know, I was like five, and at that point, We had Pokemon Gold and Silver out, but I was still enthralled by Pokemon from, like, the anime and from Pokemon Red and Blue. And I actually, my first one was on my Game Boy Color. I got Pokemon Yellow. I was very interested by Jesse and James being there, by Pikachu being your companion behind you, having more of a sort of light anime adaptation vibe to it while still being Gen 1. Um, I played that, I beat it, and I was kind of done with it. I didn't see the point point in replay value in games. I thought when I was done with the game it was like you were done watching a movie. Like you just probably wouldn't go back to it unless you felt like you really had to. Um, And by the time I was done, Pokemon Crystal was out. Uh, And that was another one where I sort of blazed through it. I think I played it one other time because I lost the save data that tragically was very common in uh, Game Boy games of the era. Um I do remember the Battle Tower being especially difficult and teaching my Typhlosion Thunder Punch. It endears me to to Typhlosion to this day. I think he's a fantastic Pokemon. Um and yeah, boy, I, I really liked a lot of the Pokemon back then too. Um Cyndaquil, Will, Willava, Typhlosion, love that line. Shout out to my boy Totodile. And no shout outs for for Chikorita, I'm sorry to say. Not not a fan of that entire line. Like, Bayleaf looks cool, but Megadium just looks like a bigger Bayleaf, and that's Kind of. Um, but that leads to a big break. And I didn't get a GBA, I think, until, until a lot later. I, I might have not had a Game Boy until the SP now that I think about it. I remember the backlit screen was like, it blew my mind as a 10-year-old. I was just like, I don't have to have this this stupid flashlight attachment or wait for for the the distant lampposts of, of the highways to light my Game Boy screen. That's incredible. Like, that's something that really changed the game for handhelds. I know other, other handhelds in the past have tried it, but this is a Game Boy. Like, Game Boys are indestructible. Game Boys are, are made of unobtanium. You know, it's it's these things that are just magnificent works of art. And I really think that the Game Boy Advance SP was like one of the best little pieces of gaming tech that there's been. It could play all your GBA games, all your Game Boy Color games, and all your Game Boy games. So all that stuff I had never went to waste. Uh, and you know, having Pokemon have a little bit of a soft reboot in, in this era, um, was pretty cool. I played... This is at the point where my sister, my younger sister was getting old enough to play games alongside me so that when I got Pokemon Ruby she would get Pokemon Sapphire um, and we'd, we'd trade to get the version-exclusive Pokemon and all that stuff. Um, I remember not too much about my playthrough of Ruby because I feel like my first sort of like giant... Uh, exploration of Pokemon games in, in, a, in a deeper level where I would play it for dozens and dozens and dozens of hours that didn't happen until Pokemon Emerald um, in the advent of the Battle Frontier I had a lot more replayability on my hands and I actually made a valiant attempt at completing the national decks um, by Emerald we had already had Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green come out and I, I got Fire Red but I didn't really care that much I beat it and I was again quickly done with it by the time I had beat Pokemon Fire Red Pokemon Emerald was out And I'd already wanted that. Um, Having the stories kind of converge, having like a new story compared to... Well, I guess Crystal had a different story. I don't know. It hit me at the right time. I was like, you know, 10 or 11. Uh, It it was the perfect time to sink massive, massive hours into Pokemon. Uh, Let's see. After Emerald comes the DS era with Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. I remember it very vividly. A, A calm, cold Sunday morning, April 22nd, 2007. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl came out. I got Pokemon Diamond, my sister got Pokemon Pearl, and these were the first online Pokemon games uh, in that you could do, communicate via you know, Wi-Fi networks and stuff, which for 2007, kind of a big deal. I mean, it's not like nobody heard of the internet at that point, but having a Pokemon game that sort of seamlessly, let's say very few seams, uh, had a lot of stuff going on with the internet it was cool. It was my introduction to a lot of fandoms online. It was my introduction to forums, and you know, I was kind of a casual internet user. Like I used them, I used a computer at school for stuff pretty much, um, but I never really used my computer until I started connecting with groups online. Um, and if you, you know, if you go through the rabbit hole of my modern day friends I made online, like they start with Pokemon community forums and. Pokemon events all tied to, tied to specific websites. So it's, you know, it's a, a lot of Pokemon Gen 4 is colored by that nostalgia. It's hard to say that, oh, it's probably the worst gen. Maybe it is, but I do have a soft spot for it. I enjoyed my time immensely with Pokemon Diamond. Probably put 190 hours into that game. Uh, if I'm being honest, I battled a lot online. I went to, I tried to go to tournaments. Oh God, I tried to go to tournaments where people didn't know the rules. Uh, you're not supposed to use Legendary. Like, Nobody told him about these rules, and I knew about them. That's why it pissed me off even more when I lost to this kid's Guratina and I'm just like, You're not supp- Oh, boy. That was a time. Um, But after that, I actually skipped Platinum. Um, I guess it was like 2009. I don't remember why I skipped Platinum. My sister got it, but I didn't. I think I was just... I might have been playing other games at the time. This this was probably the time I got an Xbox 360 and was playing, like, Call of Duty and Halo a lot. Um, so this was probably just my dark period for Pokémon games. I want to say, also, my only DS I had was the fat DS from, like, launch day, or, like, launch era. I did not have a DS Lite. I wouldn't get another DS until the 3DS, actually. and the 3DS came out actually, I think, alongside either Black and I think it was Black and White 1 when the 3DS came out, and it was a testament to the 3 dss lineup that the game I played most for the first year was definitely Pokemon Black, um, which, yeah, uh, Generation 5, more, it, I don't want to call it a hard reboot for the series, but they did a lot to make it so that you only had this region's Pokemon for your first playthrough and stuff like that. Um, it was like a, it was a soft reboot compared to the soft-ish reboot that was in Generation 3. Obviously you can transfer your Pokemon over, but you wouldn't do that until you beat the game. So I give them credit for having a lot of different new and, you know, inspired designs. I, I also have a huge soft spot for Gen 5. Gen 5 gets overlooked because it was the tail end of the 2D era. But I really like Black and White. I appreciated it going for more of a narrative push. Um, I, again, was kind of hooked onto the online communities and forums, although by 2011, uh, I want to say things, uh, social media had taken off a bit more than uh, traditional forums and websites, so I was on Facebook and Twitter a lot. Um, and, yeah, uh, this leads to Black and White 2, kind of the same story. You could tell that it was definitely a send-off of the 2D era. Um... Uh, I don't have much to say. I wasn't as invested... Like, I, I probably only put, like, 120 hours into Pokemon Black and White 2 compared to, like, Pokemon Diamonds. 190, 200 hours. Um, because I it was... it was a, Right as I was graduating high school. So I, I was having a bit of a crisis in terms of what kind of games I liked playing. Like, was I going to keep up with shooters and stuff like that? Would I have to get newer consoles? Or would I kind of have to try and put a line in the sand and keep Pokemon going. And that was a question I led into college. Uh, and my college career kind of lines up with Pokemon X and Y flawlessly. Uh, that fall, Pokemon had come out, and it was a hit. It, everybody was playing Pokemon. Uh, the 3DS, had, this is when the 3DS, I think, really took off. I know it took off a lot when like, 3D Land, Mario 3D Land came out, but everybody started having 3DSs around in college when I was playing uh, Pokemon X and Y, and as a result, compared to the gen four online community stuff that i was hooked into gen six was the era of local play and wireless play and having a lot of people around that just you know had fun playing pokemon whether it be battling or trading or shiny hatching or whatever it was there was enough people at school doing all of those things where i could kind of get that niche wherever i had to but to fill it um so x and y i have a definitely have nostalgia for those those moments in college, of just you know, like, staying way too late, waiting till the, our little, little local game room closes, just sitting on those couches playing Pokemon games, like, trying to, trying different strategies, trying different Pokemon, like, and that was my height of competitive Pokemon battling, for sure. Um, I, I doubt any, any Pokemon game uh, is gonna reach those heights. Um, but X and Y never got, never got its Pokemon Z, never had a sequel, so it, it Pushed right into Generation Seven with Pokémon Sun and Moon, um, and while I like those games personally, uh, I liked that they tried to break the mold in some ways. But something about them—they just lacked the impact of a lot of Pokémon games. I—it was the first time I started thinking, like, am I just growing out of these games? Like, am I getting older? Is this not really gonna do much for me? I don't—I don't quite understand what's going on. Um, I thought they were fine games. I had fun playing them, but it just kind of didn't do much for me. I you know, I beat the game, obviously, but I haven't even beaten Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, so that's kind of where those lie. Like, it, it, it really didn't help when Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were, like, 90% of the same story as Sun and Moon, a story that I was already kind of getting my feeling of the first time around, but fortunately around this time Pokemon Go had come out and that amplified the sort of local community uh, feeling and and vibes from Pokemon X and Y, just cranked it to 11 because it was on everybody's phones and you had to do stuff in real life. Being on a college campus, it was full of these PokéStops and poke everything that you could ever want, to where like people were wandering around on campus. It was a crowded college campus at like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. just because people were so enthralled. And it, was, it came out on my birthday, July 6th, in 2016. It was summer, school was out. People weren't on campus as much, but you wouldn't be able to tell the difference with Pokemon Go. Um, That was a hell of a time. A lot of my friends were into it. A lot of my friends are still kind of into it. Um, Which I guess... Yeah, that leads into the modern era, which is Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu. Uh, At this point, I've already graduated college. I don't have a lot of that community stuff. Um... Going on because for one, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu didn't really emphasize that a lot. I think their network features were kind of meh. It, I it, they had Pokemon Go integration, but even that was kind of kind of a question mark a lot of the time. Um, so, and I, I keep up with a lot of Pokemon people on YouTube and Twitter and things like that. I'm still interested in the scene, uh, but it it just kind of hasn't grabbed me like it has even in the Pokemon Go days. So we'll see. I mean, I. It, it, You know, in post-college, you kind of get to that adulthood. So, who knows what Generation 8's really going to bring for me uh, when it comes to Pokemon. Sword and Shield, I believe? Yeah, that's it. Uh, It's on Nintendo Switch, so it's like a console game, but still kind of a handheld thing. I'll still bring it with me to places and play it with people. I mean, I still go to my friends down in Kentucky every week. So, it's not like I'm never going to interact with people playing Pokemon like that again. But, I don't know, it's... I've Pokemon's been a huge part of my personal history, just growing up. Uh, you know, basically out of my out of my diapers and out of the toddler years, I started playing Pokemon. So it's been this constant in my life, and I'm curious to see how that sticks with me. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this sort of stream of consciousness audio essay, as it were, of my history with the Pokemon franchise. Uh, you can catch me and all the musings of mine and probably Pokemon Opinions, on Twitter at Tierney. You can follow this podcast network at PNBCast. Go to PNBCast.com for all the updates on the well, PNB shows. And you can go to Patreon.com slash PNB support. All the wonderful shows we do this show, and Level Select, and Plus Ultra Radio, and all of our Patreon shows. You know, it's all because of the Patreon that they were able to happen and we would love your support at even the smallest level. Um... You know, we want to do things in the future, but if we can't afford the hosting or can't afford the software to edit things like that, we're probably going to not be as inclined to do it. So definitely give us your support over at patreon.com slash PNB. You know, we have three weekly podcasts as is, but you can get a couple extra podcasts every month just by giving us a little support over at patreon.com slash PNB. And for myself and, well, myself, have a good one.